Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Hey guys, welcome along. This is episode number 23 of the Influence Podcast. And today I am really, really excited to introduce John Jakes onto the show. Now, John is a professional magician turned entrepreneur, viral expert, influencer, and keynote speaker. Uh, He's delivered over 5,000 live presentations. He's helped build a $112 million company. Um, and inspired over 100 million people worldwide through social media. And pretty much I would say, and I'm a little bit envious of this, but he's definitely packed more into his 28 years than most people do in a lifetime. Uh, since deciding to create inspirational content from around four years ago, about 2015, he has earned now a million people following him worldwide uh, across social media and online. And he's been featured on the Ellen DeGeneres Show, uh, BuzzFeed, TechCrunch, Mashable, and many, many more. John, I do trust that I've not missed anything out there, but welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jake. Great to be here and uh, really excited. Amazing. Thank you so much. So we, uh, we connected around 18 months or so ago, I think it was, um, through Instagram, and you were really starting to move your uh, your your presence and your audience onto Instagram. But I, I, when I sort of did a bit more research into you, it was very clear that you had a real strong following and a real big audience on Facebook in particular. Um, mm-hmm. Could you could you sort of give me a little bit more background as to to what your business likes overall at the moment? Sure. Yeah. So um, essentially, I chose Facebook because at the time, you know, Vine really shut down. A lot of those big Vine influencers were moving over to Facebook as their next move. And so I came in right around that time and said, okay, let me focus on this. And uh, it just seemed like a great way to grow quickly. Uh, You know, with 2.1 billion monthly active users, there's definitely no shortage of audience there. And for me, that just seemed like the next logical choice. So I decided to go all in on Facebook, focusing there first. And then, you know, more recently, within the last eight months or so, um, starting to migrate that audience over to Instagram. Um, and, you know, I'm considering TikTok and whatnot, but I think it's a little bit too early for me to dedicate all our resources there. Okay. So in terms of uh, what we're doing in, in, on the business side of things, um, so the following is one piece. It helps attract a ton of opportunities and speaking engagements and interviews and things like that. Um, but I have five online courses on the market that show people how to grow their social media followings, how to go viral, um, how to really get their message out to millions of people. And then we have a social media agency side of the business where we literally guarantee people a million views on their video. Um, so we help them with the scripting and the editing and all that stuff and then the distribution and we get them uh, a million views plus on their content and a bunch of followers come with that as well. So um, the agency's going great. And then the speaking, you know, is really um, a great magnet to attract people to those opportunities. So, you know, speaking, podcast interviews, I mean, for me, that's basically a part-time job. I'm speaking several times a month or doing interviews and uh, it's definitely done a world of difference for the business in attracting people. Amazing. Thank you so much. I, I, I can already guarantee, um, 
uh, John, we had a brief chat just before we started and I had a plan as to where this was going to go. And already that's gone out the window because just with that introduction, yeah. I want to kind of, I want to go into a different direction straight away. So I've got to, I've got to go back in with, with, with the video and viral video, a hundred million views on videos. This is something that you guarantee. That's, that's remarkable. So could you, could you give us a little bit about the process or the steps as to, as to what that looks like? Um, how, how, do, how does that work? Yeah, sure. So yeah, the 100 million view number, those are my, my personal videos have over 100 million. Um, we've done over a billion views for our clients. Uh, and then with this new package that we started offering with the agency, we guarantee you the million views uh, at least, but some of the videos go on to do, you know, several million or, and, and beyond. Um, so really what it comes down to in terms of virality, the formula I like to use is content plus distribution equals virality. And I think most people get so caught up on the content. What are they posting? Do they look good? Do they say the right thing? You know, are people going to respond to this um, in a positive way? Uh, and that's really where people spend most of their time, if not all of it. Um, and the problem with that is you can have the best content in the world, but if you don't focus on the distribution and if no one sees it, you're not going to have a chance at going viral or getting this content off the ground. So the way I like to look at it is I really weigh content as about 30% of the equation. Okay. And the other 70% is distribution. Wow. And if you look at any major influencer out there, you know, they are very heavily focused, especially in the growth stage of things on the distribution. Like how do I get more eyeballs on this content is it a collaboration is it paying you know through advertising to do it um there are a lot of different distribution strategies but it's the biggest piece of it you know we've all seen probably pretty terrible videos go viral and you look at it and you're like how does this have 11 million views but really it's because you know different um distribution channels have picked this video up and made it into the success that it is and so for anyone starting, it's so, so critical to understand and to constantly think about how do I reach new audiences? How do I get in front of new eyeballs? Because that's why people hit a cap. You know, most people hit a ceiling, they're posting content, they have like a few thousand followers and they can't get past 800 views or 200 likes. And the way that I really started to break through uh, is through these distribution partnerships and through different strategies to get in front of more people. You know, it's easy for the big influencers, right? If you have, you know, a million followers, 10 million followers, you have built in distribution already. But if you don't, you have to go elsewhere for it, which is okay. important. Okay. So could I ask then for people that are listening today, there may be people who have anywhere from 50 followers across their social media platforms to let's say, 5,000, 10,000, 50, even 100,000. Um, what could you give them specific steps? And obviously they are different demographics and different, different audiences and such, and, and there are different stages within their business and profiles online. Um, but could you, what, what would that look like for them specifically? If you were to pick one person, let's say who had 5,000 followers on, on Instagram and, and say the same on Facebook, what might that look like for them? Yeah, totally. Um, so the first thing I would do is cross promote, right? Because those 5,000 on each platform are not the exact same 5,000 people. So starting to tell the Facebook people, hey, I'm doing more content on Instagram or send me a DM. I've been more active on Instagram. Now you're starting to migrate that audience. So that's sort of low hanging fruit. Um, the next one, and I'll give you one like really rock solid distribution strategy. It's gotten me tens of millions of views for free. Um, and I know you're familiar with this concept. Um, the idea of doing, some people call it a promo. Um, you know, I call it like a distribution partnership, um, but essentially getting a bigger page or profile than your own to share your content. Yeah. And that right there is just a no brainer, easy way to reach millions and millions of people. Um, so essentially, whatever your niche is, right? If you are an entrepreneur, you start going through Instagram, going through Facebook, looking for certain hashtags and keywords to find big entrepreneurial pages, right? That's the audience you're looking to reach. 
And then what you do is you start looking through their content and see what they're putting out there. And there are times where if the page is big enough and important enough to me, I will literally craft a brand new video just for that person's audience because I know that that person is going to respond well to the content and they'll be willing to share it. Um, now, some people, and, and I've had partnerships, uh, especially in the early days, because I didn't really have money when I first started this, I didn't really have a budget. Um, you know, I had to do it for free, right? So I basically, because the content was good and very relevant, people were willing to share my content for free. Yeah. And as a result, you know, it drove millions of views. Now, uh, I would say a lot of the pages, especially on Instagram, are just more savvy, more business savvy, and they charge, you know, the promo fee. And it might yeah. be 80 bucks, it might be up to, you know, $650 to get your content in front of their audience. Um, but, you know, one really good thing about Facebook, even to this day, is I really consider it undervalued media, you know, because everyone's talking about Instagram and it's hot. Uh, you're going to pay more. It's also more difficult to cut through the noise uh, and really get your content seen. Um, whereas Facebook, you know, we've had students and clients drive like 35,000 followers in their first month, which is very difficult to do on some of these other platforms. Yeah, I love that. I, it's, I'm, I'm frantically nodding my head along. I know uh, obviously you can see, but not necessarily people who are listening can see, but I, I, exactly everything that you're saying you know, cross-promoting between your two platforms um, and, and the, the, the uh, as you, you call it, the distribution partnership, looking for promotions or shout-outs, as we say, from larger accounts. This is something, again, certainly with Instagram and um, that, that I, I promote is how can you find bigger accounts and get in front of those people and then ask them to promote? Because ultimately, as you say, it's, it's marketing to a huge audience, a very large audience for free or for, as you say, a relatively... Um, well, previously, perhaps quite a small amount. Obviously, the as you as you mentioned, people are becoming more and more business savvy, which I fully agree. Um, so they are they're definitely. I, I think they're two strategies that people can take away straight away is the cross promotion between different platforms, and then reaching out and connecting with larger influencers and, and people within their particular niche, their particular space, um, to 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 grow their audience as well. Could you maybe give us one that they they're both arguably. Um, um, organic strategies would, would you maybe have one which is paid or that you would suggest maybe involves advertising or is that something that that perhaps when people are starting you wouldn't necessarily say they need to go down yeah I mean we're, we're getting too complicated um, you know for us in our business selling online courses because we're naturally spending you know anywhere from 30 to maybe 50 grand a month on advertising that's a tremendous amount of visibility. And so I'll gain followers from that. But the great thing about it is you're also making money because people are buying your stuff, right? So anytime you can set up a business model where you're able to reach a lot of people and make money from that, you're in really great shape because if you just wanted to grow your page, you know, and you're trying to reach a specific audience, it can cost thousands of dollars to like really grow an account. But if you're making money in that process while your account's growing, I think it's a really awesome way to set it up. Um, but just to give you like a really concrete strategy, you know, one thing that I do is um, we'll use some of those organic strategies and my videos, this works on Facebook in particular, will get shared by, you know, some of my videos have like half a million shares, you know, 31 million views, right? That's a lot of people who just came in contact with you one time. And they might have watched for three seconds or, you know, some of them obviously watched that video all the way through. So one thing you can do on Facebook uh, advertising is, and you can transfer this over to Instagram as well, same ad platform to run both. You can run a retargeting campaign focused on like a 95% watched audience or a 75% watched audience to now show those people more of your content and have a call to action for them to follow you. Okay, so just to break this down pretty simply, right? Let's say you have a million people who see video number one. Now you say, okay, Facebook, those people that watched 75% or more of that video were probably pretty engaged and they liked what I had to say. Well, most of them didn't follow me right out of the gate. So what I wanna do is I wanna show video number two 
just to those most engaged people. And now as a result, you're starting to appear in their newsfeed time and time again. And when you have the call to action in place for them to follow you, now they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen this guy before. Boom, let me go ahead and follow him, right? So you're working with a warm audience instead of a cold audience and uh, definitely works well in terms of, you know, really getting people to take that action instead of letting them slip away like most people do. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. And that is probably the, I think that's a real simple version um, without, again, images or diagrams or anything like that. But you've really simplified that just about the simple process, you just say, of, of, a, of a retargeting ad, um, ultimately for driving, driving follows as well. So the, the, the video is a huge, huge part of what you've done. And, and, and as you mentioned, like videos that have got 31 million follows, for, uh, sorry, views. I mean, for some people, that's just absolutely unheard of. Um, how did you, how did this even start? How did this come about? Because for, for, for majority of people listening today, that's, that's probably unheard of and, and maybe a little bit out of reach. So how could, how did you get started? And how did you realize actually this is something I'm quite good at? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I'll tell you this for the first like eight months, um, I really struggled, right? Uh, we can go into a bit more of my story, but I was coming from a background in advertising where I was promoting some of the most viral brand videos uh, in the world for, you know, Disney, Sony, Anheuser-Busch, Turkish Airlines, you name it, uh, running a, a ton of these big viral uh, video campaigns on YouTube and social media. And with that game, I learned a ton because we had so much data to pull from because these videos, you know, one of our campaigns did 149 million views, right? So wow. there are different insights that you can gain from that, that you cannot gain if you're spending a hundred dollars, you know, running a Facebook ad, right? So I, I learned a ton and ultimately, ultimately said, Hey, I'm going to quit my job to start doing this full time, right? Instead of making these brands <clears throat> rich, why don't I start to build my own following a personal brand? And so that's what I did. But right out of the gate, when I started on Facebook in particular, I, I actually um, messed around with Periscope, which is Twitter's live stream app uh, first. That was my first move. And I became one of the top 15 influencers in the world on Periscope. And at this time, you know, uh, Twitter just acquired Periscope. It was blowing up. There was a ton of buzz, you know, this live stream app. And I blew up essentially by luck, right? Like it, I was there as an early adopter. It's happening to a lot of people on TikTok right now. Like it's not like they're incredible or they did anything special. They were just there first and they had a couple videos hit and the algorithm liked it. And then boom, you know, you're a superstar in a matter of months versus you go to a more mature platform. It might take you years if you don't have the right strategies and if you don't know how to tap into new audiences and things like that. So on, on Periscope, I would say I got lucky, right? But then when I moved over to Facebook, I basically had to start from scratch because that Periscope audience started to die down. I didn't really anticipate to move that audience over uh, when the time was right. And so on Facebook, I started from zero. And for like eight months, it was a grind. I was putting out videos almost every single day. And I was hitting this cap, you know, no more than 800 views on these videos. And it was frustrating, right? And so I decided, like, I was getting ready to quit. I decided to give it, like, one last whack. And I realized that I needed to start thinking like a marketer again and started to change everything about my process. So I started testing hundreds of, you know, video lengths and formats and headlines and, you know, captions or no captions, calls to action, all these different things. And I finally figured out after like eight months how to package up the content in a way that's consumable so that people stop dead in their tracks in the newsfeed. They want to watch this video all the way through. And then if it's a really good video, they want to share it with everyone they know. And so once I finally figured out how to package up these videos in this way um, and the distribution piece, I literally went from about 800 views. Uh, on average per video to my first video with a distribution partner did 800,000 views like literally overnight right and and that's the difference you know trying it with your few thousand followers versus like working with a page and so that set me off and so then i said okay well clearly i need to do more of that 
right? And then I figured out how to build a distribution network of like uh, sites and pages that had 80 million combined followers. And so when you do something like that, you take this thing to a whole new scale, every video you put out will go viral essentially, right? Every video you put out, you know, I, I know we'll get at least a million views because we have the infrastructure set up. Yeah. And then the really good ones that are getting a ton of shares, they'll go beyond that. And so that's why, you know, some of the videos have 31 million views. Um, it's all because of, you know, the marketing side of it. It wasn't, you know, really luck. Um, I finally started to figure it out. Wow. That is, that, that, I mean, those numbers, as you say, going from 800 views and then scaling up, scaling up, scaling up is, is, is quite remarkable. Um, and the fact that you've mentioned, as you, as you said before, those distribution partners and ultimately finding people there whose audiences you can leverage to the point where it, it, it's, it's almost a, you know, it's almost a guarantee that the video is going to go viral. That's, that must be an extremely nice feeling to have um, when you get to that point. One of the one of the people that I've I've sort of picked up just again when we when we spoke and first um, um, spoke around eighteen months or so ago uh, is somebody very well known uh, not just on Instagram but across social media generally and, and certainly in the states is uh, Lewis Howes. Um, could you tell me a little bit? That's a particular interest to me, obviously, with his 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 background and also the fact that he's he's got an Instagram course out there as well. Could you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, sure. So uh, Lewis has been a good friend for, gosh, probably five, six years now. Um, we met by chance through social media. I was blowing up on Periscope at the time. He happened to follow me on Twitter. No idea who he was, right? I, I, I had <laughs> yeah. no clue. And I just saw that it was, he said like professional handball uh, athlete in his bio on Twitter. And I just thought it was weird. So I sent him a DM and I was like, hey, what's up with this? And we just kind of kept in touch uh, over the years. You know, we, we bumped into each other probably six months later at a conference. And then, you know, now we've become friends. And I spoke at his mastermind group, you know, three, four months ago and things like that. But uh, yeah, one of those, you know, fate like destiny type interactions where this random DM just sparked uh, a really cool relationship. And now obviously he's doing awesome things. New York Times bestselling author, like top 100 podcast, um, which is really cool, you yeah. know, to see him evolve so quickly in the last few years. Um, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, and a, so you never know. No, absolutely. And, and a big part of that has been for him, social media and how he's, how he's leveraged social media so effectively. I think he's a great example of somebody who's done that. But coming back to that initial contact was through direct messaging. How much of um how much of a of a feature or a factor is direct messaging for your own success? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say not overwhelmingly um, crazy for me, right? Because um, you know, on Instagram, I have like I said, it's been about like we started maybe about eight ten months ago, just building up my feed and making the content look good. And really about, you know, six months ago is when I've started promoting it a little bit more. Um, but I've been so busy with our other projects and speaking that I haven't put as much emphasis in, into Instagram as I, you know, can be right now. Um, however, you know, opportunities definitely come from it, right? And I have a feeling as the audience continues to evolve and, you know, once you get a blue check, once you have uh, several hundred thousand followers, I think it will amount to even more. Um, so right now I'm not doing much outreach, uh, DMing, but then, like I said, right, either through Facebook or through Instagram opportunities are coming my way. People are seeing me, um, and either going to our website and sending an inquiry or, uh, just straight up messaging through the platform. So yeah, I mean, some really cool things have come from it. You know, I have uh, possible speaking engagement coming up in Switzerland and, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned the Ellen DeGeneres show. They found me through social media, um, which was wild. And, you know, some other podcast interviews and partnerships and, and really cool things. So it's been great. But put it this way, I think I can be doing a lot more with it um, in the future. And, and that's what we're looking towards in 2020. Sure. sure. Come on, then. I've got, to, I've got to ask. Talk to me about the, the Ellen DeGeneres show, because, again, doing research for this, for this, um, this conversation, this interview today, 
Um, I've, I've been through a number of videos and, and, and again, had them for a, for a number of months previously when we first connected. But it's, it's, it's quite a remarkable, or certainly from, from you know, people looking from the outside in, it's a quite a remarkable achievement. So how did that come about uh, that, you were, that you were approached to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show? Yeah, so um, basically what happened was I set up a GoFundMe campaign. Uh, my whole thing is really using social media for good. I noticed so much negativity out there in the news feed and you know, in the news. And I just decided I am going to use my voice and use this platform that I've been blessed with to just make a bigger impact and hopefully inspire people. And so my videos are about motivation, inspiration. I have a background as a professional magician, which we might talk a little bit about. So I blend magic tricks, like really cool magic with the motivational message, um, all sorts of things like that. And so at this time, I set up a GoFundMe campaign because I thought it'd be really cool to basically raise money um, from like the crowdsource, you know, from people watching me and give all of that money away, 100% to different people in need and document this journey so that people can see the impact that they're making, right? And I just thought it was a cool way because in my opinion, you know, since I was a kid, I've always felt that you can always write a check to charity, but do you really see the impact that's happening? And for me, I used to donate my time and my skills, you know, as a kid. And that's, that was my way of giving back. And so for this, I wanted to create a cool connection for people on social media where they're like, hey, I gave, you know, 20 bucks to that. And now they're able to see the gift that we bought for someone special, right? And I just thought it was a cool thing to do. I hadn't really seen many people doing anything like that before. And I just, it was a nice little passion project for me. Well. Randomly, um, Ellen's team found the GoFundMe page. I don't know how they found it because we didn't even raise that much money. It's not like the GoFundMe went viral. Um, we raised like a few thousand dollars. But sure enough, I have an email um, from Ellen's like digital director on the GoFundMe email site, you know, and uh, I remember literally where I was, this restaurant called the Selka in New York open up my phone, go fund me message. And I'm there with my intern at the time and we're jumping up and down. Like, how did this even happen? <laughs> right. So it was just really cool. Um, it was an unbelievable experience. I actually, just to clarify, I wasn't on the show itself. What they did was they gave me my own show, um, basically as a part of Ellen's umbrella. So, um, we did this show called magic moments where I did magic and then an act of kindness for someone. And, you know, they sent the crew out to New York. We filmed all this stuff. We turned it into like 10 different episodes and did some really cool um, magic and, you know, uh, acts of kindness in this process. And so that was the show. Ellen shared it all over like her social media and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it was just really to be able to work with them and just to see the caliber of talent and, and skills that, you know, their team has. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a brilliant experience and has opened up a ton of doors, obviously, over the years. Of course. I, I honestly can't describe how excited that, like, hearing that makes me because it, it combines so many things. Um, the, the phrase that you use, social media for good, um, first of all, I, I've just noted that down because I absolutely love that. Um, and I, I agree, and I'm going to actually come back to full, full, full circle to that shortly. Um, I, I recall certainly when I was a teacher, I was a teacher for eight years, and one of the big things that, that was kind of the, the, the voice of the, the school, if you like, was that we avoid social media, and we encourage students and children to be away from social media, and it kind of has that negative connotation. Um, and then to come full circle now, and I'm obviously uh, have my business on there and support clients on there and such, and the fact that it can be used for good, I absolutely love that. Um, and, and then the fact that you've taken it one step further, giving back and actually doing it through your specific skills, your gifts, your talents, your skills, and being able to do that and show everybody else who's contributed, I think is extremely, extremely powerful. So I, I genuinely, I think that's, that is one of the most inspiring things I think that I personally have ever heard. So I, I thank you for that. Um, Thanks. And it is it is using your skills i mean the, the idea of magic moments uh, i saw that and there was there was one um i'm looking for, for it in my notes here frantically uh which was specifically around isn't she lovely i think it was 
a lady um, who who uh, was going to see Stevie Wonder, I believe it was, and you did you performed magic in that particular video. First of all, before I dive into the next question, can we share a link or a specific link where where people who are listening can go and watch these videos because they are incredible? Is there is there a link that we can share and I'll put it in the show notes? Yeah, sure. It's Facebook.com backslash Jonathan Jakes, uh, which is my name. So if they go to my Facebook page, they'll see like all of my other videos. Um, for the Ellen videos in particular, I think they would just have to, you know, Google my name with Ellen at the end and those videos would show up. Sure. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, um, yeah, that Facebook would probably be the best way. Yeah. Maybe I'll even read some of them in the next few weeks uh, just so they're fresh. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I will, and I will share that in the show notes because I think, I think you need to see these videos because they are quite remarkable. That brings me on then to the two, 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 two ways that this can kind of go. I'll come back to the, the bigger picture and, and, and the idea of, you know, what the, the bigger mission is for you towards the end, if that's okay. But I'd like to step back a little bit further um, because that, all that came about from the, the magic that you were performing and and this again was a a theme through the magic moments uh series magician for some for some reason with me it's been something that's just almost a little bit elusive in that it's it's the kind of thing you just can't quite grasp which makes it so exciting um and i think for so many people it's the we see you know david blaine i think 10 years ago on tv and then there's various other certainly in the uk based uh, magicians that you see either live or have TV shows and such, and Darren Brown is another one that comes to mind. Um, and not so not so uh, up to speed with those in 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 America. But how did all that come about? How how did you actually start with with magic? Where did that all begin? Yeah. So, like most magicians who start out, um, I was actually given a magic set for Christmas when I was six years old. Uh, people ask, you know, if my parents are magicians, they're not, uh, we have really no connection to magic. This was just a random gift that I received yeah. and I opened it up and I just loved it. Right. I love the ability to create a special moment for someone, um, to be able to, you know, show someone something that you worked really hard on and give them a smile or make their day or create this moment where they're literally living in the moment you know you're seeing this magic you're not thinking about anything else you're just on the edge of your seat trying to follow along and so for me as a kid it's experiencing those smiles and you know the reactions was so cool so i started actually practicing you know pretty hard i'd run around the house with a top hat on and a cape and you know show goofy magic tricks uh to people when they came over the house and things like that and so then uh, at 10 years old, I decided to build a show. And my parents are really wonderful parents. They're both entrepreneurs. They're incredibly supportive and unconventional. You know, they really wanted us to follow our dreams no matter what. And so they, you know, my younger brother and sister, yeah. like, find out what you want to do and we'll do everything we can to try to support you on that journey and position you. Um, so at 10, they loaned me $1,000. They wanted to teach me the value of a dollar and hard work. And so they said, listen, you're going to pay us back. And however you do it, that's up to you, right? So I built this show. I started saving birthday money. And, and then I finally said, why don't I start doing magic shows to make the money? And so I started and boom, like by 12 years old, I was doing 250 shows a year. By 15, I had 8,000 people in an arena, um, which was wild. And I was performing in Vegas and Europe and the Caribbean. And uh, it was just uh, life-changing, right? Just crazy how this hobby turned into a huge passion and then a huge passion into a, a really well-paying business, um, you know, throughout middle school and high school and uh, college. I mean, I was able to work for four to eight hours on a weekend doing magic shows and pull in, you know, more in like one show than my friends who are working at like a restaurant would make in like a couple weeks. Right. And so that uh, definitely helped motivate me throughout this process as well. Um, Just seeing that kind of money as a young kid was like, Oh my gosh. And I was really responsible about, you know, saving every penny. Um, Didn't spend it like not, 
trying to you know do any of the uh, flex stuff you see on Instagram these days. Like it wasn't how I was brought up, and kind of wasn't a thing back then. Um, so I just saved it and uh, you know invested it in the business, buying new props, and really just loved loved doing it. So incredible. I, I hadn't realized that it was that extensive, but shows, you said to like 250 shows across, uh, across the country uh, throughout the years is quite remarkable. And how that, that's, that's, that's such a, almost such a, a, a totally different journey and almost start point for, I imagine so many people, um, certainly for myself, the idea of, I love the idea of the, the, the loan of a thousand dollars when you were is it 12 years old. Is that right? 10 uh, years 10. old, 10 years old. Sorry. Um, and then how ultimately that kind of set you up and going through the, the phases of, of saving, understanding the business and such. Um, what, was, what was sort of the biggest inspiration on you at that time? Was it your parents with their entrepreneurial background? Was it other people that you saw who were magicians and you were kind of following in their footsteps? What was the, what kind of, how did you keep improving and, and what, what motivated you and inspired you to keep, keep improving and keep driving forward? Yeah, the motivation piece at first it just came from loving it right just loving the craft and i was at a, such a young age that stage fright and whatnot wasn't even a concept you know i just loved doing it right so i'd go out there and i'd do my tricks and i probably was terrible you know for the first few years but they saw this cute kid in a tuxedo doing magic and so people liked it um but then I just started to get better, right? And it's like with anything, you know, you're making your first viral video. My first were absolutely terrible. I didn't know how to edit. Um, but then through this repetition, you start to get better and better. And so at first, I think the love for the craft inspired me. As time went on, though, um, because I was so young doing this, I did attract some really powerful mentors in the space who were like, wow, this is a young kid who's really going for it, you know? And so, at 12, that was my first trip to Las Vegas. Um, I went out with my father. We sent a letter to all the magicians whose shows we were going to attend and saying, hey, I'm Jonathan, you know, I'm 12 years old. I'm doing 250 shows a year. Here's what I like to do. We're gonna come see you on this night. Is there any chance to meet? And so we get there to Vegas. We didn't hear from any of these guys. And, you know, I'm like, dad, you think, you know, these magicians are gonna meet us? And Every single one of them went out of their way to invite us backstage or um, hang out with us after the show. Wow. You know, I got to see the tigers from one of the magicians. One of them stopped in the middle of the show and acknowledged me and made me stand up in front of the whole audience with the spotlight. And it was just like really cool moments like that that planted a seed and just inspired me to really keep mm. pushing you know, and, and keep moving forward. That's incredible. That is incredible. And it's, it's aside from all the, the, the good sides to that, and, and it sounds like there've been a, a number of unbelievable upsides to, to the magic and the performing and being on stage and the idea of not having, I love the idea of not having stage fright. I think, I think if that was something that we could take away from everybody, um, ourselves and people that we work with, I think that would really help move people's progression on, on social media. Um, there must be downsides as well. And there must be tough side, tough times. There must be sacrifices. What, what is sort of, is there a notable failure or a notable low point that you thought, you know, or at the time, which seemed really, really awful or really, 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 really bad, if you like really negative, but since then perhaps it's, uh, and with hindsight, you've been able to take a different slant on it and actually maybe it's had positives. Yeah. I mean, uh, with the magic phase of my life, not so many downsides, right? I mean, I will say, you know, I was, I was bullied a little bit as a kid, right? Yeah. People didn't really understand the magic and the sort of the path that I was on. Um, I was like, you know, a little bit isolated from, I couldn't play any team sports because I was doing four to eight shows a weekend. So I wasn't in like the sports crowd. Everyone kind of knew me because of magic. But, you know, you get some people who are just mean about it, right? And so um, it, was, it was difficult for my school years, but I didn't really let it phase me as much because I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to be performing for like a thousand people on Saturday. 
uh, I'm not going to try to let the, you know, the bullying or any of that stuff or negative comments affect me. So, you know, I think you just have to have thick skin. Um, it was demanding doing all these shows, right? I definitely wasn't going to the parties or, you know, didn't have all, all as much time to socialize. Um, so, you know, when it came to college, uh, about halfway through my college years, I decided to turn back the dial and slow down the magic shows so that I could enjoy, you know, just being a kid, really. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there was definitely, before I made the correction, a feeling of, well, did I, did I miss out on something? Um, and looking back, I really don't think so. You know, I had some really unbelievable experiences and some incredible doors open up because of that. So would have done it again, exactly the same. Um, but uh, I did, you know, make that correction and say, hey, let me live life a little bit. Yeah. and uh and enjoy it no i like that i like that a lot how how does or how did that um translate or how does that translate now to you being on video you know viral video perhaps doing live video as well and how did that ease in for, to allow you to do that i, I mean naturally if, you know if you're performing in front of a thousand people to suddenly doing a live video um from home for example i, I imagine the transition is quite straightforward for what would be some of your tips and suggestions and, um, and, and just sort of maybe actionable steps for people who are, are wanting to get started with video and, and live video? Yeah, sure. Um, obviously it helped, right? Just being on stage, uh, being in front of people, you know, being able to speak clearly and effectively. Um, however, I will say that when I did turn on the camera for the first time, it was like a different ball game, right? I was still nervous, probably more nervous turning on the camera uh, than I would be jumping in front of a thousand people. Oh wow! Because it's just—it's a weird dynamic. For me, um, I was doing my first videos on Periscope, which is a live stream app, and I decided that, hey, I'm going to go out and do live street magic like David Blaine. No one's ever seen this before. You know, this technology is brand new. Yeah. And so I approached dozens and dozens of strangers on the street asking if they wanted to see a magic trick while I'm live on this app. <laughs> and it was a freaky experience, right? Like, incredible. I mean, not only do you have to concentrate on what you're going to say and the trick not messing up, but now you're going up to these total strangers. Uh, so that was sort of like the extreme of is about as, about as difficult as it can get. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I think that number one, you have to bite the bullet and you just have to do it. You have to press record. You know, I think that everyone out there listening to this has a gift inside of them and a unique message that they need to share with the world. And I think if your purpose is so big, it will pull you to do the difficult actions that you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I, I've had videos that people have written in and they said, this video saved my life, right? And for me, I don't think there's any greater honor than that, you know, more than the views or the followers or anything. And so I think to myself now, right, this is like a part of my purpose. I think to myself, if I don't press record, I'm doing a disservice to the people watching, right? Like, like what will happen if I didn't, you know, if I don't or didn't put out that video? And so I think that you have to get in touch with your purpose and like why you're doing this and what's this unique gift. And I think if it's so strong and you're so excited about it, you won't let anything stop you until you share it and until yeah. you put it out there. Yeah. Um, really important to get over that, that first hump of camera, you know, fright. The second thing is repetition. You know, the first videos, they're going to be difficult. It's not going to go great. Uh, it won't come off the way that you want. The editing might look bad, whatever. But as you start to do it over and over again, you evolve and you get better during the process. Uh, and then the last thing I say is practice. And that's one thing that magic really showed me as a kid, repetition, man. I mean, there are effects that I've done thousands and thousands of times at this point in my career. And I, I cannot mess up at this point, essentially right? Like we could be at a bar. I could be standing on a balance beam. Like it doesn't matter. I, I, I happen. 
And so I think that with what you're saying in your videos, plan it out, rehearse it. I don't like to use a script because of the fact that when people forget one word of their script, it usually derails the entire script. Yeah. What I use are talking points. I have like little sound bites, little chunks of where I want this video to go. And I just walk around my room like a weirdo for like hours. And I just keep saying it over and over again. And it never comes off the same exact way every time because I don't have a script, but it comes off natural, yeah. which is the, the very most important part, right? Yeah. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be real. And that's one way that, that I achieve that. So yeah, really just say it a hundred times if you have to. And sure enough, that camera turns on and you've practiced it so much. You just want to get it out yeah. there. At yeah. That point. Yeah. No, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. And I love the, what you said initially about almost that the it's, you feel that you're letting people down if you don't, you know, you're, or people are missing out if you don't go and, and produce that video. Um, I recall seeing a speaker, um, UK based, a guy called Andy Harrington uh, last year. And he, he used a phrase, your message must be bigger than your fear ultimately. And if it's not, then perhaps it's not the right message. But when the message is bigger than the fear, totally then it, it, you know, it, it, it does come natural and you, and you know it's something that you really want to share. Um, can I ask them what is, and this, this ties it nicely to, to, to where I kind of wanted to, to, to sort of wrap up and, and then just go into a few quick fire questions, if I may, is what is your, what is the, the big reason why? You know, if, if you, and you may have like a personal mission statement or a company mission statement, um, but what is the big reason why? Why are you doing this? What are you looking to achieve? And what's the, what's the big picture for you? Yeah, I just want to inspire people to live their best lives, right? I want to basically pass on what my parents passed on to me. You don't have to sit in that nine to five job. You know, you, you don't have to be forced to do things you hate. It's your life, man. You know, you can go and do whatever you want to do. And I really just want to help people break free from that and live their dreams. And that mission has changed over the years, right? At first, like I was trying to impact people by providing entertainment and smiles. Um, now, you know, I'm trying to impact people by helping them build their social media followings and get their message out there, which creates revenue streams and opportunities and helps them break away from their job like I was able to do, you know, with my job. Um, so that's really where I'm at. I, I found that you don't have to um, necessarily donate money or do acts of kindness or do some of these things uh, to give back. You can give back through your knowledge and through your skills and help people build something real. And so, you know, while I've spent like, I spent eight months somewhere along this journey a couple of years ago, like trying to help the homeless and give back and do these different things. And I was going through a tough time at that point. I had a business that failed. Um, I decided to pay my investor back. So, you know, I, I didn't want to leave him out to dry because he was a mentor of mine. So I drained my personal bank account. It was really a difficult time uh, of my life. And I just, it reshaped my, my beliefs a, yeah. a bit. And I've just decided, hey, listen, um, I want to make an impact here. And I want to do something that's a bit more permanent. And I think the best way to do that is to help people build their life and their business and, and their vision. Yeah, I love that. Um, thank you. I, I think I think that is I, I'm I, I could buy into that fully. Uh, I I'm actually looking. One of the big things I'm looking to um, achieve and start get started is is building role models because I think there's there's a there's a real opportunity now. I, I don't want to focus on the negative side, but I think with social media increasingly that there's such a diversity of where people get their role models from, and that's something that I'm really keen on starting to push in 2020 and beyond is positive role models in lots of different um, avenues of life and, and with different backgrounds and different experience and who resonate with different people. So I, I may, uh, with your permission, contact you about that in the near future because I think you'd be a, yeah. a fantastic person for that. Um, John, I'm, I'm very conscious of your time, but I'd, I'd love to ask just a couple of quick fire questions if I may. Um, they're quick fire questions. They don't have to be quick fire answers, but I'd just love to dip into a couple of these before we, before we head off, if that's okay. Um, is there a particular habit or morning routine or daily routine or something that you do every day that just allows you to operate at a higher level? 
Yeah, I'll give you a weird one. I got this from Ed Milet, a pretty famous entrepreneur, and he's big on social media. Uh, do something cold every day, usually <laughs> within 10 minutes of waking up. And uh, this was like really weird to me at first um, and difficult, extremely difficult. But I will literally either jump in the shower and take a shower and finish the shower on freezing cold. Um, it's about you know, 55 degrees, 50 degrees Fahrenheit in LA right now. So pretty, pretty darn cold. Uh, I'll still jump in the pool, you know, in the morning. Um, And what it does for me, I think it more than anything, just taught my brain to be like, listen, I'm in charge here. And if you have the discipline to do something crazy like that, it translates to the other areas of your life. You're going to have the discipline to finish that item on your to-do list that you don't want to do. Right. And so it really just kind of forced me, even though it's, it's like weird and it hurts and and whatnot. It forced me to be like, suck it up. We're getting this done. And not only that, because you're freezing cold, it definitely wakes you, it wakes you up. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Just, it's that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you like, just just put yourself in that position. I remember Tony Robbins at, uh, UPW, I saw him last year and he, he just, it's almost that like conversation between your body and your brain. It's like, yeah, we're really doing this, whether you like it or not, we're going in and we're going to make ourselves uncomfortable. So I, I, I can certainly buy into that. Um, who, we kind of touched on this before, but who close or distant has had the biggest impact on your life, do you think, or a period of your life? Yeah, I would say my parents, absolutely. Um, you know, they never handed us anything. Yeah. Um, but they always supported us. And I just don't think I would have the mindset that I have right now if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, uh, you have to go to college. You know, if you don't get A's and B's, your magic is going to have to stop. You know, they, they were always tough on us. But if you showed that you're responsible and that you're doing well, they gave us the freedom to run and enjoy and have fun and and do cool things. Um, So that being said, like with my sister, for example, who's, you know, young, four years younger than me, they had her in college and I had to finish. So I thought she did too. She wanted to be an actress and she was at school sort of in the middle of America, um, not near Hollywood or anything like that. Mm. And about a year in, she was the star of the play, you know, at the school. And my parents realized she's kind of maxed out. No one at this school in middle America has contacts in Hollywood to get her in movies and things mm-hmm. like that. So they let her drop out of school, which I never thought they would do. And they yeah. said, hey, we're going to take that money we would have spent on college and we're going to get you the best acting coaches in the world. And so at 18 years old, she moved out to L.A. They hooked her up with an apartment and a car and they got her set up with all these awesome acting coaches to help grow and foster her career. And so it's like crazy things like that, that I just don't see uh, many people doing, especially traditional parents that um, really set us on this path. And, you know, parents would would do anything for their kids, which is awesome. So uh, almost almost breaking the traditional ideals, if you like, you know, you, you go to college, you go to school, you go to college or universities in the UK and and, and that's the process. But just, just, as you say, thinking outside the box and seeing this isn't suitable. Actually, we need a different approach. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. Is there, is there a particular um, book uh, that you uh, return to more than others or perhaps that you give to other people or recommend to people uh, more, than other, more than other books? Yeah, uh, one that definitely helped me through some tough times. Um, when that business failed, you know, several years back and I had like no company anymore and no money. And I was like trying to figure out what the heck to do. Um, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, uh, really powerful book. You know, the quote that stands out to me is the secret to living is giving. And I read that. And even though I had nothing that really sparked like this whole journey that I went on where I just started trying to give the little stuff that I had or give my time to help people. And, uh, you know, it just set me on a totally different path because I was coming from advertising, like in this rat race, um, making a ton of money, like the, 
the company, you know, that was the $112 million company you mentioned. You know, we were like, the CEO would roll up with a Ferrari one day and be like, hey, whoever closes the most deals gets this Ferrari, you know, for 24 <laughs> hours and like crazy stuff, right? So I was coming from that and yeah. I started the business and the business didn't work out. And uh, Awaken the Giant Within really just helped ground me again and just sort of get my beliefs and my mindset back on track so that I could build something real and sustainable and, and something that I was passionate about. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, highly recommended. No, that's great. That's great. And that is, I think, I think I'm right in saying that that book is, I'm looking at it now on my shelf over there. I think that's generally the foundation for the, the Unleash the Power Within event that he does um, a few times a year as well. So highly recommended anybody who's not read the book and equally who's not been to the event. And, and they are big now. I think he did one in uh, Germany you know, just last month or the month before, which had about 20 odd thousand people in there. So they are like enormous, you know, absolutely enormous. Close to yeah. your, close to your magic shows, John, I guess. He's yeah. <laughs> um, final question then, uh, just, just to wrap up, uh, this, uh, this is uh, one that I asked to everybody and I'm very keen to get your take on this as well is what does the word influence mean to you? I think influence is the ability to inspire action in someone. I think it's the ability to, you know, either take your message or take what you know and inspire someone to take an action. And I think influence is something that comes with responsibility, right? Because you can influence people negatively to do bad things if you are convincing enough, but you can also influence people to change their lives and to change the world. And that's the part that I choose to do. And so I think that anyone out there, as you begin to grow your following and grow your influence and grow your audience, I think it's really important to first figure out who you are and really be in touch with yourself and your mission and everything you have going on. And once you do that, you're going to gain even more influence because you're going to be ready for it. You know, I think that it can be difficult for people that gain all this influence and their life is a mess, you know, and they're, um, they really don't know what they're doing or, or they're having, you know, incredible struggles and things like that. And as a result, you know, when they're given this audience, they don't know what to do with it. But I think if you look at anyone who's a sustainable influencer, who's just been out there and has been visible, you look at like an Ellen DeGeneres, you look at a Lewis Howes or a Jay Shetty, you know, these people are here and they're here to stay. And it's because they're, using their influence for the right reasons. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, go out there and try to save the world. But I think it, it really is important to be in touch with who you are and, and to have that mission before you get going. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think really zeroing down on you, you talked about the word responsibility as well. And the word influence, I, I find it fascinating because it, it can have positive or negative connotations. You know, it's just a word, but it, it can be seen positive or, positively or negatively. And I've never really tied it in with that word responsibility before, but I think people who are doing, doing it for good or, and, and using it for good um, and tying it in with the word responsibility, I think just brings a whole new clarity, if you like, to that word as well. So that, John, I think is, is the perfect place to leave it. I've, I've genuinely enjoyed this. It's been one of the, the most enjoyable conversations I've had for a long time. I've learned absolutely loads um, and I've been inspired by just so many things that I didn't even realize that you'd done. Um, so genuinely thank you so much for your time it's been incredibly um, inspiring and influential to me and I trust to everybody who's been listening as well and I would love to do this again at some point in the future um, hear more about your, your your courses that are launching at the moment viral secrets which um, I've, I've recently got hold of um, and I'm going to be going through over the, the Christmas period so I'd love to perhaps connect again maybe uh, through the new year and we can really see how that's gone for you and and how ultimately you're continuing to use viral video and, and building your brand as well. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, everyone listening, hope you enjoyed and go out there and make this year the best yet. Amazing. John, thank you. Just as a final one, where can people find you online? Where is the best place for people to find you if they want to contact and connect with you? Yeah, Instagram is, is great. Uh, I am pretty responsive over DMs because it's a little less cluttered at Jonathan Jakes. Uh, the spelling of my name is a little weird. So, you know, check the description for that. Um, I am pretty responsive on there. Otherwise, uh, email is usually pretty good too. Um, you know, john at johnjakes.com. 
And you can also see, you know, what we're doing with some of the courses on that site and viral secrets and all that good stuff. So, yeah. And I'll make sure that all the links are in there in the show notes so that, uh, that people can go ahead and check those out, uh, for you as well there, John. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, and again, thanks everybody for listening. Greatly appreciated. I've, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. It's been a real pleasure speaking with John today and look forward to hearing you all and speaking to you all in the next episode. For now, for myself and from John, take care. Very much appreciated. And we'll see you very, very soon. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.